The following program contains discussion of content some listeners may find distressing. Listener discretion is advised. The following podcast contains uncensored coarse language. Listeners are advised that some of the following content may not be appropriate for those under 15 years of age. Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we are watching 2006's The History Boys. And joining me as always, we have someone who has seen the film before and somebody who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film and making his debut on this programme. Yes, it is Wade Ellis. I would raise my hands and shake them around again. No, that's not going to make sense. We're on a podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Wade Ellis. Uh... Thank you so much for inviting me along, Stephen, to watch The History Boys, the f- name of the film that I have literally just learnt that we are watching today. Uh, I- I'm expecting a wonderful type film, which is probably based off the TV show The Boys. Um, but I'm just hoping it's sort of um, like a prequel to it. So it should yeah, be entertaining the, to find out. The, the history um, of The Boys. The history of The Boys, yeah. right? So that's what that's what makes sense to me. So I, the unfortunate thing is I've never seen that TV show. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we can't do the, series, no, the, the no, show at all. No, so no. we're going to have to pick an entirely new thing. I, unfo- right. Unfortunately, the history boys is not connected to the boys. It's something entirely different. Mm. Is that fortunate or unfortunate, though? Uh, I, I, it depends on your tastes, I yeah. guess. So, I, I guess we'll we'll find out at the mm. end. Um, but yes, uh, it, it's lovely to have you on, Wade. Uh, we, <laughs> it's, it's nice to have you on. Um, uh, now, your your work uh, in in the world that we live in uh, is uh, predominantly based in training people at the moment. Yes, um, but but you do have a history of uh, stage performance. Uh, yes, terrible stage performance is what I excel at. Um, so if you need, you a do bad... it very well. Thank yeah. you. It's a bad look. Whenever you need a bad actor, and you do need them, let's be honest. You know, I'm always available. Mm. So and I will meet those expectations, like hands down, every time of just mm. pure and utter awesome terribleness mm. so uh which is always a fantastic thing but no currently i'm working for am i allowed to say the name yeah cool i'm working for murdoch university uh in their sim lab which is an adjusted reality training program which is a fancy way of saying that we use a computer program to give prospective teachers or social workers um a platform to be able to come in and experience what it would be like out in the workforce mm. uh and to get basic feedback and things from actual industry professionals as well while being in a safe controlled environment so they can come in and practice being teachers or social workers or hr personnel or hopefully in the future telstra workers so Mm -hmm. that we can increase quality there shouldn't Mm -hmm. be hard (laughs) um uh, you know i'm quite happy to reach out to optus or vodafone You, you need some training for your staff we're more than happy to reach out uh we can reach worldwide very handy over zoom there's another plug hopefully zoom will start sponsoring your program too um and we can see oh, where we go from there so you know what I, i'm drinking a can of solo if they'd like to pitch in very tasty highly recommended it's, <laughs> it's this business-minded approach the program has been missing which uh, i'm yeah. actually yeah quite quite, quite enjoying so <laughs> product placement um i'd especially like to throw out a shout out to ghoulies for the hat that i'm wearing at the moment the <laughs> cobras i'm kind of in the need for a new one that'd be fantastic bogart style a cobra would be fantastic thank you i should probably 
<clears throat> there I, we go. I'll let someone else get a word in edgewise, maybe. I mean, no, no, that's all good. Look, it, it's your first one. It's okay. It's fine. Like, we, and honestly, you're you're speaking loud enough into the mic. That's the main thing. So, <laughs> well done. I, I just don't want to use all my words up now and then get to later and find uh, out I've got nothing worry, left to say. Don't worry. We'll we'll find some new words for you. Yes. We'll, we'll invent some. Squidgybo. Squidgybo, indeed. Yes. Uh, joining us as a guest who has seen the film um, and indeed suggested it, um, it is Katrina Johnston. Hello, Stephen. Uh, how are you, weird. Katrina? That, that was a, I struggling with the English language apparently at the moment. <laughs> I'm a bad uh, I am well, uh, thank you. I'm enjoying this January period mm-hmm. um, and and in looking forward to introducing you to the you both to this film excellent and of course uh katrina johnson local uh theater yes. technician is that the yeah kind lighting, of lighting designer yep. theater technician yeah will be hi- um available for hire for <laughs> if you can pay me for a design excellent well if optus or tester are listing uh, they can they can absolutely pick you up no because i oh. don't want to do their christmas parties or anything like that okay. because you know uh, no, go, go no, away optus no, goodbye no. telstra so something like more like shows so you're working on anything at the moment katrina uh yes i am actually oh really i (laughs) had no idea bad actor also available for hire please continue yeah i mean we can always hire you my shows can always hire you as a spruker maybe i'm in yeah excellent yes but it well it is fringe time and as listeners Mm. of this program know uh a lot of our regular guests are performers actors stagecraft people so Mm. uh plug plug those shows plug them right now okay so i have two shows to plug which in a weird way, connect, have a slight connection to this film. Or you can, like, themes, similar themes. Mm. Um, so, one is called The Priestess of Morphine, and it is a chamber opera um, about the life of Gertrude Gunther, who was a lesbian uh, Jewish-German poet in the mm. 1930s, and just a very interesting people uh, person. Uh, and the other one is Bright and Bold Memoirs of a Desk Goblin, which is the unhinged and crazy history, feminist and queer history of tattooing. Yeah. And both of these are at the Blue Room as part of the summer night season and would encourage you to go see anything at the summer night season because it looks to be amazing. Just a quick question about the chamber opera. Obviously, it's about Gunther. So I'm assuming that's like... um, one of the ancestors of like Gunter from the Friends TV show as well. So we've no. got a no, 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 no tenuous don't, connection. I don't believe no, no. so. Oh. No, no, I'm sorry to, uh, to bring that on you. But you know what? It's good that you're asking these questions about history. Yes. And the History Boys is the film that you've chosen, Katrina. Yes. In a vague, non spoilery sort of way, what is the History Boys about? The basic premise is a group of high school kids in the UK. And they are applying to go to Cambridge. Um, and they're the first group of kids in their school that have been able to do that, that have like gotten high enough scores that they can do that. And they're in their final push before their exams. And it's about that interaction that they have with some of their favourite teachers and a new teacher. Mm. So, And hijinks ensue. Oh, excellent. I'm glad there's hijinks. What about low jinks? Uh, yeah, there's low jinx. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. High yeah. and there's, low jinx. There is definite penis jokes. Wonderful. Yeah. Excellent. Um, yeah, I, look, I'm really interested because I've, I've not seen mm. any adaptation of the History yeah. Boys. I'm, I'm sort of vaguely aware of yes. what it is. Oh, I should say, yeah. it actually, it started out as a play mm. um, with mostly the same cast. Mm. 
Um, and I think it was quite the the play version was very highly reviewed. Yes, as so well. it's sort of mid two thousands. The play mm. was on. They decided, oh, everyone here is great. Let's make a film of it. Yeah, uh, and this and this is that film. Yeah. So and it has some very big names in it, which it is good. Certainly does. Uh, so, shall we watch the History Boys? Yeah, let's sounds do it. good. Absolutely. Okay, for those of you listening at home, pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare your gobbets of choice <laughs> as we watch. The History Boys. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching The History Boys, and I'm joined once again by my special guest, Katrina Johnston. Hello. And Wade Ellis. Thank you kindly. Uh, Wade, that was your first time watching The History Boys. It was. Just in general. This is general studies, but just in general. General studies. I see what you did there. Fantastic. What what did you think of the film? Uh, I actually really liked it, and I didn't think that that I would, because it did actually have nothing to do with the TV show The Boys. Mm. Mm. Um, But... No, I was actually a, a really big fan. The cast was sensational yep. um, with their work. Um, there are a lot of nice little nods. The cinematography, it came feeling very 80s, just with the cinematography style as mm. well, which I thought was interesting. Mm. And the editing was a little bit slower paced than sort of later cinema as well, mm. um, which is probably more of that theatrical nod um, since you both let yeah. slip that it was based on a play mm. um, and it was very easy to get that feel from it. It was very staged. It was very... Um, the sets were very direct. It felt like single camera um, sort of mm. filmic um, sort of planning. Uh, so it did replicate that sort of theatrical feel a mm. lot for me as well. Um, but as we were saying, great cast. You're going to recognise most of the names if... Uh, your listeners haven't already actually seen the film and they're mm. just sort of listening in. Mm. It, it's a great cast. You've got Richard Griffiths in... I think that's probably one of my favourite performances of his. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I love him mm. um, just because he does slimy so well. Mm. Um, but with the, the History Boys, he has to walk a very fine line um, because the character that he's playing the film is kind of wanting you to root for him at the end, despite what he actually goes through. Do we give away spoilers for this? Oh, yeah. So Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so, essentially, yeah, at this point... Um, well, you should have watched the film, yeah. so suck it up, princess. Yeah. Um, so. There is still one episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club that I have not listened because of spoilers. Oh. Only one. Only which, one. which one's that? Parasite. Because ah. I still haven't gotten around to watching oh, it. Oh, yeah. it's, yeah. oh it's, it's, it's the History Boys of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's nothing like the history boys, yeah. but good film. Uh, but yeah, the, the the cast is really good. I mean, I, as you said, um, I, I do think that Richard Griffiths has got one of the more difficult roles in terms of balancing, mm. because the fact is, is that his character is, is a pedophile. Oh. Like, there, there isn't really, I mean, but, but there isn't another word for it. He's engaging in inappropriate sexual behaviour with his students. Yes, um, and. If if you'd sort of laid that down on the table and gone, and this is the character that they're going to have a funeral for at the end, and you're meant to feel a bit sad about, mm. is is a very difficult proposition. And mm. I was glad when he died. I'm sorry, I didn't get I didn't get any of the um, I didn't feel remorse for him. I understood 
the situation that he was in. I also understand that this film is touching on a, a, a sort of moment in history that has very different um, understandings around um, the, the politics of... Bodily consent, bodily yeah. consent of sexuality, things like that. But just in terms of this as a as a film and me watching it, I was like, oh yeah, no, the character, yeah, that's an interesting character. Oh, yeah, he's he's a he's a pederast of some kind. Hmm. Okay. Less. Le, le, it, it's a lot harder for me to sympathise with. But but I didn't. But at the same time, I think the film do, does really interesting things with that story, mm. which I haven't seen in many other stories that feature. Uh, characters who engage in pedophilia. Mm. It it felt like a driving force for the film. So mm. rather than it just being there for shock value or anything like that, it was actually a driving plot point. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it it was a. I'm looking for the right language without trying to say it was a good thing um, or it was interesting or mm. anything like it that. It was worthwhile. It had, yeah, it, it, had, it had merit for being yeah. in, in in the story. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, it was definitely interesting and engaging mm. that someone was examining that sort of uh, mm. plot um, as a driving force yeah. for the plot. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, yeah. the, the, the and for, just in case you haven't listened, if you decided oh, I'm just going to listen to this, I don't mind about spoilers. The, the the plot of the History Boys is basically these boys who are studying history have got the opportunity to go to Oxford or Cambridge if they do really really well in their final semester studying history yeah. first cohort in their school yeah first cohort to be able to do so that. big deal you know uh the the headmaster uh who's commonly called felix as a kind of nickname um is is very keen for them to do well because it'll be good for the school mm. um so they're being taught by hector played by richard griffiths and uh by dorothy played by francis de la Tour, and a oh. new teacher is brought in to help them out which is uh Stephen stephen campbell moore uh, who plays mr Irwin. Mm. Um, who's, who's brought in to help them, and that's 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 the plot to give them that's, a cutting edge. Yeah, that's yeah. that's all that this is about. But then it delves into the fact that there, there is this really interesting culture amongst these boys who have obviously all gone to school together for years. So you have this ensemble group of boys who we we, we kind of in one way we, we learn about them. Yeah, but, in but one they way don't they're learn about very they're 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 very helping of each other. Mm. In like another a way, sort of yeah, they're very close knit. But as you always get with some close knit communities, there's some toxicity in there. Yeah. Mm. Um. You know, when they get angry, they take the piss out of each other, and or or even can be quite cruel to each other. Mm. Um. The fact that I can't remember the character's name. Um. Who not played? Raj? Not Raj. The gay kid. Can't remember his name. Oh, um... Po- Posy. Posy? Yeah, yeah. Po- uh, po- Posner. Posner. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the fact that Posner is still welcomed in, in the group, despite being very openly in love with uh, Dakin. Mm. And everyone very, knowing about it. Too. Uh, yeah, everyone knowing about it and everyone also taking the piss out of him. The fact that he's still part of the group says something about him and says something about the group. Yeah. It was interesting the way that they were taking the piss out of him, though. Mm. Like, if you look at... Uh, sorry, this is probably more Stephen and my experience mm. with be dealing with... Well, I'm not going to say dealing with young boys because that's not right. But um, when we were growing, when we were growing young, up growing as, up, growing yeah. up as a young boy, mm. um, that sort of yeah. community was probably a lot more pointed and a yeah. lot more vicious than what they were. They were mm. jiving mm. more than having a direct go at someone. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, you definitely got a sense that they they all got along, 
um, and that there was some pretty genuine affection between members mm. of the group. Mm. Um, and it was it was really interesting that this story, all of the drama, if we're going to call it that, comes from the relationships between students and teachers, not between students and students. Mm. Yep. And it's not just the relationships which are uh, romantic or sexualized. Uh, obviously, you've got uh, the character of Hector, uh, who's Richard Griffiths' character, who um, is just a known uh, pederast, is just a known somebody who will... Known wandering hands. Yeah, known wandering hands. And it's the, the culture amongst these these boys is... You know, it's not. Oh my god, this is horrifying. It's it's the oh, you know the hack. It's all it's, just it's annoying. Yeah, it's 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 a normalized part of their world, yeah. which is really quite awful <laughs> watching it from from this perspective. But then it it feels obviously very contextual, particularly with things we've learned about Britain in the nineteen eighties, particularly mm. with certain popular entertainers as well. Yeah. It, it does feel as though it's something that was such a hidden part of the culture that there is sort of almost this this knowledge from people who mm. lived through that time of oh yeah it, it wouldn't surprise me if you spoke to people who have lived in britain in that time who are still around who would know a hector they would yeah. know somebody like hector um yeah it's it but it, but it's interesting and again it's it's strange because this film was obviously made in the mid 2000s but it doesn't feel like a 2000s film. It feels like it could have been shot in the 80s. Absolutely. I, yeah. And for me, that, that was one of the, the guiding points of the film. And um, I, I feel like it was a conscious decision to mm-hmm. literally have the, the group of students' friendship in the exact way that they did it. Everything was downplayed because it was more an examination of the role of formative sort of um, adults, mm. particularly in um, a child's sort of uh, environment and growing history, mm. um, rather than the, the friendships among your own age group and but things the thing like is- that. I, I agree with you, but also then it doesn't show that there is any trauma from any of them. Mm. No. Like there is an... trauma from just them living and existing in, in the various different ways that they do exist. Um, but that's, you can tell, like even with that final scene where they're saying what they all ended up doing mm. for, the, for the rest of their lives, is you can see they've ended up doing those things not because of anything that's happened at school. It's just because of their personalities. Like, Dakin is a tax lawyer who's probably so miserable and unhappy and is probably on his third wife and is also screwing his secretary or something like that, Mm. Um, is like that because of his personality, which you see in how he chases after Erwin. Yeah. And I think that's the interesting thing is with the three main teacher characters, we see them have relationship relationships that develop with students but in very mm. different realms uh, with Hector he is a, seen as a bit of a joke to the boys yeah. and we don't Hector is actually the one who doesn't get a very sort of specific boy assigned to him for the development development of a relationship but with Erwin obviously it's, it's Dakin mm. and mm. Dakin you know flirting with him and the fact that Erwin is a very young teacher and he is in reality maybe only a couple of years older than these boys, yeah. uh, maybe about five years older. And were it, you know, not for the fact that there is a teacher-student dynamic, you could imagine the character of Erwin meeting the character of Dakin maybe a couple of years down the line in a completely other scenario yeah. and then potentially forming a romantic relationship and no one would bat an eyelid mm. in, in that respect. 
but it's because they're in the school setting, yeah. uh, which is where it becomes, ooh, it becomes a point of drama. And similarly with um, the the wonderful uh, uh, Francis Delatour's character with Dorothy, her relationship with Rudge, I think, is really interesting. Where it's, it's quite motherly. It's it's quite motherly. Yeah. yeah. But Rudge also, I think, te- well, Rudge is almost an example of something that he teaches Dorothy that you can care about things mm. but that sometimes you just need a connection or that you can yeah. even just lie <laughs> which yeah. is what he does he lies to get into to his university of choice um mm. and i thought that was such a fascinating thing to focus on between those two characters um but it, but it was very it was very interesting yeah. I'll, I'll say that like i was i was in, i was really interested in seeing where that went and it was quite satisfying as an audience to go oh no Rudge was right all along (laughs) he's like I'll just use the old boys network and he did and he wasn't satisfied by it yeah like because and we find out he never he didn't really stick with it he went into building homes no he does stick like it's not really specified that he doesn't finish it's just that he it it doesn't define him when he gets older he's like he's like no I'm fine I'm happy with my life I'm I'm successful um it's interesting we, that we, none of them are defined by by their education right there no. either. Yeah. So it, it's literally like that was the end goal, and then afterwards it doesn't appear to. I think, but that's the thing. How, from what I understand, is Oxford and Cambridge they approach education differently. Like you, you go there to read, unless you're like going there to be an actual doctor or a scientist or something like that. You know, something that requires actual knowledge on very very specific things it's so the degrees are so general um that it's you're like oh yes i've got a i've got a degree i read history at oxford oh well you can come manage the bank Mm. and like and that's i mean i mean oxford and cambridge in in terms of within the the uk structure are the the elite but are almost the finishing schools Mm. in in, or have replaced the finishing schools where it's you know, oh, I got a first at Oxford or I got a first at Cambridge mm. is something where it's like, oh, well then, please have any job you want. And it, I know yeah. it doesn't quite work like that, but it is all about the connections. It, 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 or at it, the very least, I think it used to be like that. Oh. Nowadays, I think it's... Well, no, no, no. As in, as in yeah. like, still personal connections. Oh, yeah. you're, you're obviously a smarty pants, so yes, please mm. come have the job. Um, that, yes, still exists. Mm. But I think there's more... There's a direct correlation now between degrees and jobs. As yeah. in, you need to have this degree to do this job. There is that. Not but everything. Wade, you're giving me faces. <laughs> Shut up. Well, I'm <laughs> just going to keep my faces to myself, <laughs> yeah. right? Because everyone here can see them, obviously. Yeah. Um, well, but- the thing is, is with, with Oxford and Cambridge, as um, a, a, someone who I've been employed by universities before, mm. multiple different universities, yes, the degrees are important for what they teach you. But yeah. one of the other things that universities are extremely important for and that they openly acknowledge is the networking. Yeah. And within the the system of the UK, being able to pull out the Oxbridge card that mm. you went to Oxford or Cambridge mm. is a big networking move. Yeah. And, you know, you only have to look at different groups that are really influential in British society, like the all the... The Tories. Well, yeah, the Tories. <laughs> I was, was going to say the Freemasons, so Tories. Well, I, I, mean, I was yes. going to say the Footlights. You just look at British yeah. entertainment. The fact that, yep. you know, Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie and Emma Thompson all went to school at the same time. And the um and the Monty Python. Yeah, yeah and the sub- and the generations that have come subsequently yeah. where you have all these entertainers that run the footlights together. And yes, as you say, the Tory party <laughs> uh, is an example with with Eaton. Um it's like the these networking things are 
tremendously important. And so for these boys, these history boys, it, like everyone, it, it's so interesting that everyone is like, yeah, no, this is exactly what you want because it's the only way you're going to get out of Sheffield, basically, yeah. or saying that, you know, mm. Sheffield is not the place to be. And it's really interesting that Rudge pushes against that to yeah. an extent where he's like, well, yeah, but, I think, but Sheffield is where he wants to be in the sense of I like building the, re- the reason homes. why he does that is because he realizes, oh, it's actually really easy to get in mm. for him. Yeah. It's really easy to get in because he has that familial connection and he's like, oh, oh, I think if it was more of a challenge for him mm. or if he was interested in the challenge, then it would have been a different story. Yeah, that was the him. issue. He, he wasn't interested in it. The only reason mm. why he was going for it was yeah. because his friends were. Yeah. yeah. So and the thing about it was he wasn't trying to get out of Sheffield. He was trying to stay with his friends. Yeah. Mm. So, and that's the difference. So yeah. he didn't have that interest. So, and then he got there. And I wonder if his experience was what a lot of university students mm. sort of do actually go through in that first year. It's a shock to the system. It's a totally different ball game from yeah. their secondary education. Um, they're like, oh, they lose that motivation, mm. um, especially when combined with perhaps the idea of getting a job because their friends can afford to go out and do this, yeah. that and the other, and mm. you can't. So, uh, I, I, and that's that shock to the system. So you go, uh, you know what? Not for me. I'm going to go find yeah. something else. Mm. Um, and, and I wonder if that was the situation there. I mean, yeah, maybe. you know, um, but that would be projecting probably my own insecurities and things on, on onto someone else too. Mm. And it's also, it's, it's, I mean, it's hard to tell because you see, you see the beginning of the university journey for them and you see the end Mm. or at least the the next chapter and you don't see that middle bit no it's it's a three-month snapshot yeah because it's in in some ways it's not important it's like this twilight era of their lives Mm. um which i think is probably why we don't have any for us now any satisfactory comment on the on the harassment that the boys endure. Endure is possibly the wrong word, even though I know I know if anyone who is listening has been a victim of that, it is something that that is awful and horrible and, and can have a lasting effect. Mm. Um, but I think... It I feels, think this, yeah. this piece should not be held as something that is trying to comment on pedophilia. Or, or even mm. um, what happens to victims of abuse or anything like that. Mm. Because none of them accept that it is abuse. Yeah. I don't think any of them do. With the exception of the headmaster, because he's like, I could get in trouble for this. Yes, but yeah. he still allowed it to go on till the yeah. end of term. Um, the, thing that, uh, the, the question that I, I would actually pose to both mm. of you, um, I, I think, would be, do, they, do you think that the original... Uh, um, sort of idea behind what the writer had in mind mm. was more an examination uh, of things from that adult perspective, which is why he kept the students' responses um, and character development negligible. Mm. Because the students didn't... You, you didn't see a lot of character development if you take mm. Rudge out of that equation. Mm. Yeah. Because that's just at that very end part as well. So that's yeah. just a very, mm. very small amount. We didn't... I, I don't... I mean, we you saw see, a lot of you that. You see a so. little bit because of them talking to Dorothy as they're leaving their exam, and they're like, "We listened to this. We, yep, I said Stalin was a sweetie. I said this, and and then that's off the um, cuff, though. Is it that... is off the cuff, but I think that's only, that's the only way that these boys can respond. I'm yeah. still saying that there's yeah. a little bit, but I'm saying it was negligible. 
compared to sort of what you saw the adult characters go through. And, and I'm even including the, the headmaster there because I saw a big character change there mm. I, mm. to the point where I was making a comment while we were watching the film was I don't know how to sort of take this character in. Mm. I, I don't understand it because yeah. he was this and then he was this and I now think he's, he's this. More, I think at least so. in the terms of the principle, he's more reactionary than anything. Mm. Yes. Um, he, and I think it was an 80s style. Yeah. And he's... No, but he, he that's all he needs to be. He just needs to be reactionary. He needs mm. to be the counterpoint to these three different teachers and how they approach education. I don't think he actually wants to be a principal. No. Like, he likes the prestige of being a principal, mm. but he hates... He probably hates kids. Um, yeah. And that's why I think he's reactionary. He's, he's, yeah, he's just that counterpoint. He, he keeps things moving. If he wasn't the person he was... Um, the Hector storyline, I think, would have been very different. Yes. Hmm. Um, and so, again, I think he just moves the story along. I think, yeah, plot device more than any... Which is why education and teaching is a self-reflective pedagogy. Mm. Oh, I won't go on with all that crap. <laughs> um, uh, but, no, that, that is why um, mm. we're so introspective about education these days. Mm. I do apologise for those listening. Um, mm. I do believe I'm contractually obliged to talk about some of this. Um, well, I mean, it's, so it is your You signed area. a contract with Stephen? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's going to yeah, buy yeah. me a drink in, like, 2026. Yeah, everyone here has signed a contract. <laughs> the oh, same, where they oh. have to... T- they, if they've got a specialty subject, they have to at least mention it once off hand. Oh. Oh, that's why Kate Sullivan has to do what science. <laughs> yeah, this is what the education with oh. Wade Ellis. But this but, is why you brought in a film with Richard Griffiths as well. Yeah, I have to talk about that link too. Yeah, but but, um, but, but it is interesting. Like looking at, uh, I don't think the History Boys was written at any in any way to be like a, a a tool for the educator of today. Oh God, no. But but I think it is interesting to to potentially have a look a little bit at things like teaching practice theories. Particularly because we we do see exam- three examples of different teaching styles bet- yeah. between the three teachers. Absolutely, and, and the thing that I, I really liked about all the teachers there is that they all gave a damn about their students. Yeah, mm. which is not sadly not something we see in teaching and, and, uh, all the time, um, and it's something that's really hard to tell someone. Yeah, about it's not not really something you can do, um, and I think. You know, with COVID uh, and lockdowns and everything, I think that's had a real impact mm. um, on our education environment and the, the teachers who were lumped with a hell of a lot of stuff mm. uh, and just expected to, you know, carry on, but everyone else gets time off work and this, that and the other. So mm. um, I, I think that teaching is literally one of the hardest jobs in the world. I do apologise to surgeons um, and lighting designers <laughs> and technicians. Um, and, uh, and no, with the exception of some like creepy directors um, <laughs> that you know might might be like, "Hey, do you want to come for a ride on my motorbike?" Um, although they're usually not saying it to the lighting designers. To be mm. fair, that's usually because the lighting designers man. Um, and oh, no, I was going to change <laughs> uh, like job role all of a sudden. So, I mean, um, go for it. it, it um, no, I'm good. But uh, no, it, yeah, it is a it is a tough job. I, I I don't see. I never viewed it, even though I was a teacher. For, you know, one startling year. I forgot um, about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pedagogical aspects. That's because I was. What's that, kids? Terrible. Um, <laughs> Um, no, I had all the passion of Erwin and uh, none of the skill. Mm. Um, 
because uh, I, I wasn't what, there. To what help I with. was always interested in was how the the discussion, how they taught to discuss about history. Yep. Um, and how it was really interesting because I think the first time I watched this, I was doing the early parts of my of my history minor, and and this revisionist history, which some people look at with disdain, and I say to you, fuck off. Um, because with revisionist history, we get feminist lenses, we get people of uh, colour lenses, we get all this nuance added into, which makes history even harder but even more interesting to look at. And it just, just some of the ideas, like that whole scene of where he's at, the where they're at the cenotaph and talking about the mm. reasons for World War One, mm. And I was like, oh, my God. Yes, and that and it was the stuff that I was learning at the time. So mm. that's what, that's I think that is what cemented this film into something that is amazing because I want to be mm. one of those students in a way, not felt up by my teacher, but <laughs> I want to be in those classrooms as a student learning all those just random shit because I think Hector's right, all knowledge is useful you just don't know where absolutely and and it's one of the things that we're trying to teach is that you can bring hooks into Mm. the classroom to make things interesting for students it shouldn't be rote knowledge you should be teaching your students how to think Mm. not not just what they need to know Mm. um but all those other questions around it it's not just Mm. the what we want to know the why do you need to yeah. know it? What, what is it that you need to know about it? How to think and with I that think, in mind. And I think that sort of started in the 80s, happening in the 80s as we see depicted by this. But then it's continued. Nowadays it's continued even further. It's like, okay, well, how did this happen? And then what were the repercussions? And what do we feel about it as a modern society or as a current society at least? Um, the great thing about yeah. teaching is we've got... 500 years worth of research methodologies Mm. and things to look at to revise to look at what works for our current social climates what doesn't work Mm. and to be able to build off that and if you can refine that over 500 years you should be starting to get to something that you might find tends to work a little bit Mm. and yes okay modern society changes we've Mm. got especially with like COVID being a perfect example for it Um, but it's all about adaptability how to change our teaching Mm. methodologies so that they can satisfy um, the, basically the needs of a diverse range of students, not just mm. pitching the one lesson, the one way, the one mm. thing, um, and expecting that not only is every student going to find that engaging and worthwhile mm. and learn the exact same amount, but every teacher. I mean, every teacher has different strengths and yeah. weaknesses to focus on, and I'll let you jump in now because you look like you're going to burst. Well, I'm just – no, 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 because a, <laughs> a thought just occurred to me, and that – the film, I think, agrees with everything you just said, but then, with like with every other topic, it turns it on its head and goes the shallow route. It, it gives you this depth of teaching is amazing, knowledge is beautiful, and we all need to learn more, and then we will understand each other. And then it goes, and then you need to lie to get through the exam. Just like it's, yeah. it, it yeah. shows this, this very... Mm. Ad- I'm I'm using easy words here. Please very do. questionable um, relationship between these te- between this teacher and the student, and then it just shows the kids going, "Oh yeah, whatever." Mm. Because I think this is more a film about social survival than mm. it is anything else. Like the reason that the boys are coming back 
is to go to the school to make the connections, to be able to live their lives and achieve what they achieve. Mm. The reason why they put up with with Hector and his Hectoring and Mm. on all of that is is to survive. All all of it is a question of survival and the lying Mm. is part of the survival. And what they're being taught is not so much knowledge but life skills. And the life skill is you have to be able to lie and we see by the end of this film evidences the lying is important and the thing is is this is quite the characters in this at one point somebody said that the characters are quite jaded and i think that the reason they're jaded is the world that they're in is jaded and i Mm -hmm. think it can be both true that knowledge is amazing and that the teachers who you know try try and impart this knowledge can be amazing and at the same time they're teaching within a system within 1980s uh, british education system that is flawed that is fundamentally flawed, where your, where your head teacher character is only interested in getting these, is only interested in these boys once they can possibly go to Oxford and Cambridge. I think it's more, not so much that the education system is mm. flawed, although yes it is, because of how the principal reacts to finding out that Hector's feeling up students. Mm. Um, I think it's also flawed in how they all inter- like relate to each other. Um, I, I think the issue that you both had with the final line of um, Posner, 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 of how he was talking about how he's a teacher, he's continued on the memory of Hector, Hmm. and he's talking about how he he finds it difficult to touch the boys, and I think that well to not touch them, yeah, to not touch the boys. Sorry, (laughs) Um, I think that highlights an idea that there with homosexuality comes an inherent loneliness which is an idea that has been i think now mostly in or at least in societies where homosexuality is accepted and celebrated is gone away um or at least reduced um and i've lost my point uh, we're talking about the fact that the, the, yeah. the posner is one of the only openly gay characters yeah uh, but we know for a fact that Hector is closeted. Is closeted. We know that Irwin is um, probably not, closeted. Is as probably well. closeted as well. We know that uh, we've got um, uh, Dakin who is bisexual. Um, you know, Doing we, it for shits and gigs. Yeah, you know, and and we see other characters who make comments where it's sort of like, oh no, there's there's uh, there's not a lot of people that you would define as being purely heterosexual. Yeah. Um, but the fact is, is when um, Posner grows up and becomes a teacher, mm. um, you know what? It, it is actually probably a reasonable step if we look at um, generations passing where they take mm. small steps on from each other. And the fact yeah. that you become a teacher, and Posner would have been a teacher, let's say, in the 2000s, mm. if he was being educated in the 1980s. Yeah. And the fact that Posner one of his goals from having been taught by someone like Hector who he probably had a lot in common with because he knew Hector wasn't straight and he wasn't straight and there probably weren't that many people in his life yeah. that that were queer in any way. Um, and if he is going, right, Hector, for better or for worse, is someone who is a role model, mm. um, maybe not a positive role model, but a role model, someone who is like him who has done this job, it is entirely possible that he might go, okay, so all the passionate teaching stuff, great. Uh, All the, you know, groping of of students, not great. And so him, even though that statement feels really clunky, where, Mm. you know, he says, 
I find it hard to not want to form these connections, these quite deep, passionate connections yeah. with these students. Um, it still is a bit, oh, bloody. Like, it, it, it does still ring a bit. That's troubling. But at the very least, this is maybe the you know, you know the slow and winding road of, of progression where it's i know that this is wrong because of my experiences and because of what i saw other people go through yeah. see that's why i come back to sort of the idea of the um film being more about f- an examination of formative relationships than mm. i think uh, how did you term it social justice Earlier, social. Oh, it was very clever. Whatever. It was. <laughs> um, sure. Um, so it was social so survival. wonderful. Social, that I remember. Social, social survival. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Um, I, I, I kind of think about it more an examination of these um, formative relationships that we have, um, because everyone can remember at least one or two of their uh, uh, teachers, hopefully, um, mm. in a really positive light. And if you think about it. If we examine just the, the year of our life, we probably spend more time with our teachers than with our parents. Yeah. Um, in sort of mm. so, in or, at terms least, of, or at least conscious hours. If conscious <laughs> hours, but so so if we look at that in terms of formative engagement, they're such a hugely important part of our lives, and that's mm. why I think the focus on on the film, while the film was entitled "The History Boys" and the effect that it had on them, that was actually diminished as opposed to what we saw Irwin go through, what we saw. Um, Richard Griffiths character because Hector, Hector thank you um, um, even though his name was Douglas Douglas, Douglas yeah. so um, because Hector was his nickname um, but uh, so, so I'm just trying to put out that I remembered something when I didn't um, good job so thank you I shouldn't have pointed that out um, but yeah I, I feel like that that, that f- examination of the deformative mm. relationships it sort of encompassed everything and it made it feel like more of a personalised journey from the writer's sort of aspect. Ultimately, I think the story boils down to what I think is probably the one of the best quotes in the film, and there's a lot of good quotes, yeah. mm. but it's the line um, of one of the hardest things for boys to learn is that a teacher is human, and one of the hardest things for mm. a teacher to learn is to try and not tell them. Yeah. Um, and as, you know, I've, uh, I've been in educational situations, by which I mean I'm a teacher <laughs> occasionally, mm. and you do sometimes have to remember that oh i'm hanging out in this room with 30 people and we all are interested in what i'm talking about this is amazing but it's it I, I was fortunate enough to get to teach a literature class in the last 12 months um that was amazing and it was really fun but i had to remember even though that occasionally you know it would be like oh let's talk about all the books we like to then go there is a point to why you're here <laughs> you know there is a point that yeah. it is these these are the key points that you have to get across so that you know this is what the um what the lessons are set up to do this mm. is what the course is designed to do so even just on sticking purely to the subject matter um it's it's interesting and i think something i'm a lot more empathetic towards with teachers um where they do form these connections with these students and they and they become they can become incredibly important people. We hope so. You invest so much energy and time. Yeah. I literally, the, I had nightmares about my students. Mm. Um, like some of them still occasionally, if I'm feeling really stressed, will pop up in my brain Mm. and not in a good way. Mm. Um, but there's definitely going to be, and if you're, if you're a good teacher and you are able to develop those relationships, Mm -hmm. there's going to be times where you're sitting there going, Oh, I wonder what that person's up to. Mm. Because you just, as you said, we, we, hope we so. spend so much time yeah. with in these rooms, um, whether we like it or we don't. And it and it 
has a lasting effect for good or ill. Yeah. Well, we want educators who mm. are going to give a damn about their students. It's the ones that don't. It's the same for actors mm. um, and musicians. As soon as you stop caring about what you're doing, you should stop doing yeah. it. And, um, and similarly, like I've taught drama for a number of years. One of the nice things about teaching in theatre and drama is occasionally you'll find out, oh, this person won an award for something because it yeah. just comes up. Mm. I, I have a student recently who won a Finley Award. Oh, wow. Um, which I was like, oh, look at you. Well, like, and that was such a lovely moment where look it was like, go. yeah, it was like, you know, yeah, a couple of years ago, you were couldn't put mono and log together. But now look at you know, being unfair <laughs> to them. But, but the point is, is like, yeah, like from from that perspective, it is really lovely to see and really, really interesting. And so it's that's what I think is something that this film does quite well with the character of Irwin is he is someone as a young teacher who hasn't learnt where to set those boundaries and i think mm. hector mm. is very much used as the the warning example and hector even warns him yep he yep. literally says don't touch the boys mm. because uh, partly because it's bitten him in the ass right there and then but also um you know i, I do he believe can see it coming yeah i also do believe there is some a bit of regret from hector in that respect yeah. and the funny thing is that's one of the things that we teach um obviously because students in a classroom mm. um so a classroom doesn't mean just learning for the students. It also means learning for the teacher as well. Um, and, and what the teacher needs to learn is that students actually want to know about their teacher. They find it interesting. Mm. Yeah. So they do want to know those things, but the teachers have to know those boundaries. Mm. So they have to know which things are topical and interesting and engaging for the students and okay to talk about. Mm. And those things which perhaps you should redirect as a question. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, uh, ultimately... One I, of my not so good traits. <laughs> yes. Uh, Get yes, so yes, distracted. We, no, we, that, that's fair. But, but but also it's... Yeah, it's... I think this film is, is really interesting in how it is sort of... It, it feels as though it's shaped all the conversations around teaching and not about the content of the film. And I think that's maybe reflective of the fact of... The fact that this was a play that I do feel as though it was written and designed to make you consider the roles of the teacher-student relationship. Yeah. It and, made and me forms. think a lot yeah. in itself as uh, just as a viewer. Mm. Um, so it was a, a wonderful film in engaging me. But the thing that I really enjoyed was the fact that we had some great examples of different styles of teaching. Yeah. Um, and we actually saw progressive teaching, which was interesting, uh, and things like that that's mm. actually taught these days. What would you define as progressive teaching? So it's that idea of, and it was like that combination. So we had Francis's character, mm-hmm. um, who was sort of teaching things by rote, yes. um, and sort of that secondary model. With the characters of Irwin um, and even Hector, mm. it was, Hector's was ragtag, it was bohemian, it was trying to break out of that rote model mm. by teaching the students to think and now we actually saw that from all the students because each one of them was a little smart ass um yeah. so they're the kind of class that you would hate and love all at the same time mm. um probably love two drinks in or something like that um but uh, but then what you had then you had erwin come in who's trying to engage the students to make them think outside the box, ensuring that they already know the material by rote, but then encouraging them to make their 
own thoughts, come to their own conclusions, bring their own knowledge base, their own strengths mm. and weaknesses into something as well. That's mm. what I mean by progressive. Right. And he was doing it in such a way that he was teaching an inclusive classroom as well. Mm. He was looking at each person's individual strengths and weaknesses and trying to engage that. Mm. Yes, he was having that sort of almost romantic relationship with one of his students towards the end Mm -hmm. but did he include that person in the classroom more just because he had those feelings engaged he did not he still engaged all of those students i think the only reason why dakin was even included in that class is because he pushed himself in there oh yeah Yeah. that whole scene where they're talking about auden and he's like do you think auden is more like you or mr hector he is clearly going are you gay? Yeah. Yeah. Like, please let me know if you're gay because I'm interested. There was lots of flirty behaviour going through. And it's, again, that's an an interesting introspective Mm. to actually have a look at from Mm. the teaching perspective too. But we're going to get off the teaching perspective because I've been rambling about that for a while. (laughs) So, Stephen, back to you. No, well, I mean, I I always focused on this as someone who learns history Mm. because that's my jam. That's like... And particularly the areas of history that they look at. Because mm. those the Elizabethan era was the first history topic that I was like, ooh, this is cool because mm. I'm a fucking nerd. Um, was it partly because it was a period of history that is focused around a woman? Probably. Yeah. Um, as, yeah as, I was, I was as, mainly, yeah. literally, I can remember it. It was year five. I had the Scholastic Book Club mm-hmm. form. And I bought um, Queen Elizabeth. No, sorry. Even before that. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I just realised the reason why I bought the book was because I wrote a play. Ah, oh, right. About Queen Elizabeth, about time travellers going to Queen Elizabeth's time. Mm. I actually can't Doctor Who ripped you off. Mm. You should just, I'm just saying. No, it was right. funny. So it was about a painter who went back in time with their grandmother to go to You the... ripped off Dorian Gray <laughs> with Doctor Who. Sorry, no. please continue. <laughs> With their grandmother so they could become a better painter. And then they came back to their time and the good painter of the old time was bad. Like they basically swapped skill sets. Oh, okay. And they got chased out by Queen Elizabeth. That's pretty, I mean, that is literally the Shakespeare Codex episode. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you, you kind of combined Dorian Gray and <laughs> how old were you when you wrote this? Oh, this was the 90s. Year four? Yeah. So it would have been nine. Mm. Don't it was think she read terrible, Dorian Gray at yeah. age nine. So. I don't know. I tried to read Contact at age twelve, mm. and we didn't, also didn't have, get far. We also had. <laughs> Do you mean the Star Trek or no, no, no as, in, as in um, what's his name? Carl Sagan. Carl yeah, yeah. Sagan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's an earlier yeah. episode of this podcast that yeah. you can go back and listen to. Which I did mention History Boys on that episode, yep. I believe. Up. It's all linked. Well, there we go. Good plug. I mean, um, product placement. I mean, please continue, Steve. Well, would you uh, both like some trivia about the History Boys? Yes. Yeah, hit me up. Okay. All of this trivia, this general knowledge, <laughs> is uh, sourced from IMDB. So if it's not true... It's not from Mr. Hector's class. It's not from Mr. Hector's class, no. But if it's not true, don't blame me. And blame IMDB, we are looking for a shout out or at least Stephen is because this I mean, is that, my that, first time on so I mean, that, that would be an ideal that link would up be nice. it probably yeah. would you know, be the, the, i feel like there's a lot of synergy between the two things yeah imdb you've got over 300 reasons to come in that's exactly. all yeah. i'm saying yeah. well no this would be what this what, is 301 301 301 mm. reasons yeah but math was not my strong <laughs> <laughs> which is why i went into acting um, shame i'm terrible 
so the cast for this movie are the same cast who appeared in the original version of the play, mm. which was at the National Theatre in London. Um, it does make me go, God, that's a lot of actors for a play, though. Like that's a that's a big cast. That is a big cast. Not if you bring it down, because there's the eight boys, mm-hmm. um, the three main teachers, and the principal, and the secretary. Yeah. Oh, but she doesn't necessarily have to be on stage. She that's could just true. be referenced. That's true. Mm. What about what about the lollipop lady? Oh, again, could just be referenced. Just needs to be a lollipop That's leaning true. up against the wall. What about um, sign, the mean. the wonderful Penelope Winton as the art teacher? Did she? Oh, oh, I mean, she was fabulous, yes. actually. I mean, yeah. such a cameo performance yeah. and just commanded the the yeah. screen from when yeah. she was on. Oh, I it's was the just icing like, on the cake, isn't it? Always. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, the best lines in the entire show were definitely Frances's, and I think yeah. that there were some wonderful monologues of hers mm. that were yeah. just oh, particularly about history being about cleaning women cleaning up men's messes. I yeah. have I have quoted that in a history. Class. I'm surprised it's I'm not tattooed sure. on your back. To be honest, I was like, that's the most Katrina thing I've ever heard. <laughs> well, nowadays I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually looking at history at a more expand as a, from a more feminist lens. We mm. just history is not just women coming up behind with a bucket mm-hmm. because women have made history. We just don't fucking talk about it. Well, in that case, uh, we, we, we'll, we'll do like, I don't know, an Amelia Earhart film and something like that. We could. Nah. I'm kind of looking just history. forward to Katrina sitting down and writing her version of Hamilton. Mm. Uh, I think that would be the oh, feminist revisionist I, history of Hamilton. I believe so. that there is probably, we, through Hamilton doing their education thing, there is probably already... That is probably already written. Mm. Alexander is Hamilton. There's, there's a film no, about. It doesn't um, have to be Alexander I know it doesn't have to be Hamilton. <laughs> no, but so. it doesn't even have. You don't even have to change Hamilton's gender. You mm. just do it from Eliza's yeah. point of view. Yeah. 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 You, you remember yeah. at the end of the play Hamilton spoiler where Eliza says, "I spent fifty years establishing the first orphanage and doing all this cool stuff while being a widower." Yeah. Oh, yeah. a widow. Um, th- th- that feels like yeah. There's more than enough material there to make like a play about. So Lin Manuel Miranda, there's a shout out for product placement. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know you need the help. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So and if you need a writer, Stephen is available. But if you he go does to very him, good puns. But if you go to him instead of Katrina, we're all going to get in trouble. Yeah. So no, 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 no. <laughs> I I am happy to hand off. You know what I do now? Because I come up with good play ideas. But I'm terrible at writing them. Mm. I farm out my ideas. Mm. I go to people and be like, here's an idea that I think you would be good at writing. Um, give it to them. And I'm like, the only deal is you have to hire me as the LD if it becomes a stage show. That's a good way of keeping yourself well, in work. Yeah. I tell you I what. almost got a show that way last year, but unfortunately, due to personal reasons, it... Um, it, the show didn't go go oh, ahead, but they're still working on it. Okay. Well, any American history things? I have a friend who's a wonderful <laughs> writer, so shout out for Michaela Richards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so this story was set in the early 1980s uh, because shortly after this, Oxford and Cambridge changed their entrance system, and the uh, seventh term post A level entrance exams were abolished. So the film couldn't really be set any later than it was because mm. they stopped doing it after this. Oh. Okay. At least this this form of it. So, yeah, um, yeah Rudge proved right once again. <laughs> He's like, we don't need this. Um, Richard Griffiths actually won the 2006 Tony Award um, mm. for mm. actor in a drama for the History Boys. For the movie or for the stage for show? For the stage. Oh, yeah. The stage show, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. again... He was very good. Oh, yeah. he was what? Like I said, he was wonderful. Um, just really that balancing 
act that he did. Mm. Yeah. And he was believable, which is not a nice thing to say in that sort of role, but he was very believable. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Many of the extras in this film were also members of staff at the National Theatre in London, which is where director Nicholas Heinter uh, was the artistic director. Mm. Um, they were invited to visit the set and had the chance of appearing in the finished movie. <laughs> so yeah, most of the extras are trainee train actors uh, so yeah. good good stuff it's kind of kind of right for an extra really you know yeah. get a get a sense of the set see how it works it, yeah. it being an extra is a great good it's a great thing to do as a first time mm. actor particularly if you can get on a film set as well so yeah. so you can see what the days are like yeah and then you can go hmm is this for me do do i want to continue <laughs> oh, yeah. God. hey that's why did i ever tell you guys why i became like why i went backstage rather than try and continue on as a performer no no so well two reasons mm-hmm. one i looked at my well kind of interrelated reasons actually <laughs> one i looked i looked at what roles i was getting or mm. not getting mm-hmm. so to speak and i was like i'm not a very good actor and i could become a better actor mm-hmm. but that would take a very long time mm-hmm. and what would i have to give up for that to happen am i willing to give that up no Okay, let's find something else that I can do where I'm still using my degree. <laughs> yes. Look, and then I, I just went and got two more degrees. I mean, look, I'm still... Tr- this is essentially what... I got a media degree. This is what I do with it. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, uh, we, we, we take it. Again, yeah. all knowledge is useful. You've just got to find a place to use it. Yeah. I went and got a PhD instead. So, you know, I, I, I totally get that. It's like, yeah. I need a different degree to justify myself. It's fine. I'd like to work out what I've got. <laughs> <laughs> um, I well, can in, understand in the, the cultural significance um, in Southeast Asia of asking, would you like fries with that? So It's a start. That's about yeah. as good as my degrees will help me out. <laughs> the final bit of trivia is that although he played a teacher in this film, Stephen Moore is actually younger than several of the actors who were playing the students. Called it! <laughs> yeah. Called it! <laughs> yes. And, and I do have to say, like... Obviously, 2006, when this was uh, released, you you probably wouldn't know a lot of the, the faces mm. um, because they hadn't done much yet. But yeah, you, they, you, were, they you, were fairly new. Yeah, the, the cast of students, uh, admittedly, a lot of them have been in Doctor Who, but that's, yeah. you know, that's they've done other things too. But you have um, Samuel Anderson, who was uh, Danny Pink in Doctor Who. Um, Clara. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Clara's that's partner. right. Yeah, and he's been I in remember, a lot of British I remember, television. I remember him cropping up and I was like, oh, that's the government history yeah. boys. Uh, obviously, Dominic Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. who's does, does very well. Who I think did The Duchess after this. I think that was mm. his like next big thing. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Russell Tovey, who's been in a million things mm. and very good actor. Uh, Sasha Dwan, who, of course, was in Doctor Who, but was also yeah. in uh, The Great and just a whole bunch of oh, other dramas. Yeah, that's right. uh, and, and some guy called James Corden, who... Mm. I suppose technically hasn't done a lot of acting since, yeah. uh, but has obviously become a very prominent Mate, face. How can you forget cats? Like I said, this <laughs> <laughs> uh, point still stands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a, just a really, really fabulous uh, cast. And then, yeah, when you add to that, Richard Griffiths, uh, Penelope Wilton, Francis Delatour, like, like mm. it's just, it's a, it's a great cast. Yeah. Um, and and now we hit the the tricky fun end of the program bit where we have to score the film. Uh, so Wade, as this is your first time, uh, I'm actually going to let Katrina go first. Um, okay. So uh, we need we, we we like to score these films out of ten, with one being really bad and ten being perfect, essentially or amazing. Okay. Um, the the numerical scores 
are not necessarily that important in, in terms of like our overall enjoyment. Considering the film. how frequently I've scored things seven, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's kind of it's kind of more just to get a sense of where we're sitting right now, and we also acknowledge that our feelings on films may change over time. Yeah. Um, for example, my feelings on the Fifth Element have actually not changed. That was a bad example. Um, I was so hopeful. There was a moment where I was like, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? No, Am I going to get a New Year's miracle? <laughs> not yet. You're not, no. But, but it's certainly like in this moment, in the sort of hour or so since we finished watching mm. the film, uh, you know, it's, it's, this is sort of where we're at, how we're feeling about the film. So Katrina, what score would you give the History Boys out of 10? Well, with this watching, I... And I knew it was a problem going in mm. because I remembered the film. And I, I, it's not like I watched it as a young teenager or anything. I watched it as a, a young adult. Um, I, I'm struggling, even though as much as it may have sounded like I was kind of being a soft voice, um, I'm struggling with the abuse content. Mm. Um, and just how many characters kind of, kind of let it slide and accept it um and so I've, I've taken some points off that maybe not enough maybe i should take off more i don't know um maybe this film should be cancelled i don't know um but for me it just it makes my brain light up with the history stuff and with the fantastic gorgeous Words, unfortunately, said with reverence. Hector mm. would be very disappointed. He in would me. be, yes. Um, so, with that, with all of that in mind, I'm putting, I'm giving it nine. Wow. Um, banks of literature, <laughs> <laughs> saving deposits of literature, yeah. out of ten. I'm, I'm surprised it's it's size nine. Mm. Um, not, I mean that that might reflect on the score I'm going to give it, but just, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. But I totally get it as well. Yeah. Like I, I totally get the the reverence for which these characters hold the understanding of history yeah. and all of these different aspects of, of culture and learning. Which the, is something that, like, yeah. that's me to it, a T. Yeah, and I, I think it is yeah. really lovely that the film... Like, the, the, you know, the, the, it's mostly teenage boys who are all like, oh, you know, yeah, I, I'm out of her battlements, you know, all that kind of yeah. thing. But at the same time... At no point are they saying, oh, what we're engaging with is useless or pointless or dumb. Like, they yeah. can recite poetry off the top of their heads and they don't question it as being a bad thing or, or a worthless thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really interesting. Uh, Wade, what about yourself? What would you give this film out of 10? See, this is a, a tricky one for me because like Katrina, I did struggle with the content. Mm. Um, but on the flip side of it, the first thing that I was focusing on was actually the performances. Mm. And the performances from each one of those actors, I found personally terrific. Mm. Um, Richard Griffiths, wonderful. Frances was, she's always a revelation. Mm. Um, Even though she plays the same character all the time, Mm. but I love her dearly. And if it's a good one note, stick to your one note. She's more than one note, but Mm. But it was was just delightful. Um, And all the boys, they, they sort of had that nice... They had their little moment mm. and um, they made a wonderful chorus yeah. is what they made to mm. allow the leads of the adult characters for me to stand out. Mm. Um, and I really appreciated that. I loved the ending uh, and the way that they did that. And um, as Stephen and Katrina pointed out, it was um, 
not filmic in the way that they did. It was very stage and theatrical in Mm. the way that they did it. And I loved it because I haven't seen that approach taken where each of the characters of the boys is just sitting in a chair while the teacher's going around and where are you now? Mm. Um, And they're all in character and explaining that. And I still believed it. I believed every single one of those characters um, in the role that they were in, um, which is unusual. There's usually a couple of characters where I'm like, no. I think that's the benefit of doing not only a season at the National, but Mm. then they went and did a tour before they did the film. Mm. Yep. There are a couple... I'm I'm taking some points off, actually. I'm giving some and taking some points off Mm. for the writing, which which is unusual. Um, And it's primarily for that, the last scene again, which I've Mm. just said uncategorically that I absolutely love. Mm. Um, And uh, was it the way that Hector said it? uh, He was like, uh, that he said about parceling it on? Passing Mm. it on. Passing it on. Yeah. Um, And I love the idea behind it, but the way that it was framed made it icky. Um, And I don't, I think it's sort of spoilt the whole tone of the film Mm. Um, with that ending I didn't see that being a need to be in there it didn't I think because what they're talking about although yes you're reading it as which is understandable you're reading it as passing on pedophilia yeah what they're referring to is passing on knowledge and the want of knowledge and the yearning for knowledge which they would have successfully accomplished Mm. if they just hadn't had that line yeah from points I just don't it, 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 for yeah. me, that detracted so much from the point of the film. Mm. Um, so, and, and it left me with a bit of a bad taste in my mouth, mm. which the film is designed to do anyway if you're going to mm. be discussing those sort of topics. But, yeah, so I, I'd actually probably give it 6.5 classic literature tomes out of 10. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's... it's I, I kept coming back to... Dead Poets Society because what else are you going to do? Because yeah. Yeah. It, it's in that same very specific genre of mm. um, young men studying the classics slash history with a teacher that inspires them but is not uh, a conventional teacher. Um, this... I, 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 uh, the actors are lovely. The soundtrack is great. We don't oh, really talk we didn't about mention that, the, soundtrack. the soundtrack. Yeah, that was... Wonderful sound design. The soundtrack was really good. Um, And, you know, this is a BBC film adaptation. BBC films, because they're usually made for television, don't always have... They don't don't always have the best production qualities, I guess. But the production qualities on this were were good. Like, there was nothing that I could really find fault with there. It was a little bit boring at times. Mm. I, I, I do feel as though... And it's partly just that that luxuriating in the topic, or really reveling in in the beauty of in the, the dialogue of, yeah. of, the, of the dialogue. And a lot of it was really good, hmm. but there was the odd moment where I was in my head just kind of going, "Okay, bored now." Like that, like that, just that <laughs> little thing where it's like, "Yeah, I, I feel as though," but it's a very small complaint because I do feel as though a lot of the performances really elevate. Um, elevate the film and elevate the script and the mm. fact that they've clearly done those scenes so many times on stage is is evident in how they perform yep um and yeah as when because of being aware of its play context you could almost see the way it is on stage 
the, yeah. the way it was shot, which is really interesting. Just saying, you can because there's a behind the scenes on tour. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so they, they show a bit of what it was like oh, on wonderful. tour. Uh, but it did translate in the material. But yeah, a little bit boring. And I, I do think some of the content is is a problem, even mm. though we have well and truly acknowledged that this is not written to be a text about inappropriate relationships yeah. in that way. Mm. It, it has relationships and it covers inappropriate relationships, but this is not a film about um, teacher-student relationships yeah. and only about that. Yeah. And the fact is, is you know, it, it talks about a culture where there was a bit of that going on. There's obviously the relationship between uh, Dakin and the school secretary, mm. um, even though age-wise she's probably... Oh, she could Quite, be the same age. She could be the same age yeah. or, or maybe a year or two older. Yeah. But that is still a staff-student relationship, which is a no-no. Yes. Um, and, yeah, there's a few things that happen which seem a bit glib and a bit sort of almost, ah, passed over. Mm. And it is uncomfortable watching it as mm. I am today. And so for me, I, I'm going to actually agree with Wade. I'm going to give it um, six and a half... Um, motorcycle crashes out of 10 um <laughs> oh. which is the missed opportunities what, so, yeah I mean, that, that's what mine was primarily for mm. yeah. missed opportunities as you said shallowness and clunkiness i so. think what it aims to do is not necessarily answer the questions any of the questions that it poses mm. no. like you don't answer is there a right, right way to talk about the holocaust as a history topic mm. is there a right way to um, be true to yourself whilst going for some big airy-fairy goal. Um, it doesn't... It presents things in a particular light mm. and then sort of leaves you there mm. to go have a think. And, and that's what it did mm. effectively for me. And I liked it actually more than my score reflects. Yeah. Um, because, A, it's not my type of film. Yeah. Um, B... I actually liked it. Mm. Um, and see, it made me think, which mm. is... And I was entertained, mm. is, is the other part about it. Um, which means that I should have given it at least an 8 out of 10. Um, but change I, it if you want. No, no. I, I would happily stick yeah. with my score, to yeah. be perfectly honest, mm. um, for my reasons. Yeah. yeah. So, um, mm. but yeah, it should be a lot higher. Again, no problem with the casting. Like, all mm. the acting was great. Cinematography, no issues there at mm. all. Um, felt 80s all of those aspects it was just those few things which brought it down a lot for mm. me um, and it would be interesting to see how I'd go on a rewatch which is why I, I was I'm... actually thinking one of the things that might be useful is actually to watch it I think in some ways the cinema catch up club treatment of this mm. in the fact that there's three of us sitting here and frequently we're making jibes we're making jokes making mm. comments to each other looking things up on our phone does a disservice to this film. Mm. I think you need to sit and be alone or at least away from your phone mm. with it to appreciate, uh, to, to get into that rhythm, that mm. poetic rhythm. Mm. And it. also potentially maybe seeing it in its play format. Yeah. Because it is maybe. an adaptation. An adaptation yeah. always changes what the text yeah. is. To Have they extent. compared the film to the theatrical release I, at all? Or? I don't know. So I, I was wondering if there was a review that either of you had seen on that at all. No, I, so. I to be although I've never looked looked for it. Okay. Um, but I don't think they changed much. Mm. 
I think they actually were, if anything, they added some things because being a film, it allowed more sets, for example. Hmm. And I get that. Um, Probably it has felt the most theatrical Mm. release after Little Shop of Horrors Yeah. Mm. uh, in terms of films that I've actually seen. Definitely looked very, Mm. very at home uh, on the stage. Wasn't out of place on the screen though. No, no. So which I, I really like. And I liked think they worked it. really hard on that. And I think that's to National Theatre's credit. Yep, they achieved I think, it. Yeah, I think they know how mm. to turn a play into a film. Mm. Mm. Well, that brings us to the yeah. end of this review of the History Boys. Uh, Wade and Katrina, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you so much, sir. Let me tip my hat to you. Oh, a lovely hat tip there. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. Uh, we are about to hit February, which means that uh, the next tranche of films that we're going to be watching are exclusively Australian films, except Ooh. for the one New Zealand film that we always sneak in. Uh, but yes, uh, it's Australian Film Month. Uh, a month later, but never a dollary do short. Um, so yes, if you want to uh, find out what films we're going to be watching, um, you'll just have to subscribe. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. There'll be a new episode each and every week. But sir, but sir, but sir, what if I want like a little bit more? You More? Yeah. You want more? Yes, I want more. Well, what for, about dessert? For as little as a dollar a month, you can get uh, additional podcast dessert uh, because uh, we have a Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast and join up for uh, there's various prices, I'm sure. But $100 is quite nice. Yeah, if anyone wants to do $100 a month, uh, my, my, do you unlock a lot of extras? Uh, <laughs> but if you join for as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to uh, bonus goodies and features, which include... Uh, our secondary cutting room floor podcast uh, where you get uh, bonus content that uh, gets trimmed out the episodes if they're running a bit long or we hit a particularly juicy non sequitur um, yeah they're all edited together there so you can just get even more content uh, that's over at our Patreon and finally there is our Facebook page uh, follow us uh, like us whatever it is these days just go on there I don't know uh, yeah. set something on fire follow like subscribe yeah. just follow the three F's yeah wait <laughs> <laughs> but yes uh, we can be found there there's news and updates you can vote on polls for films uh, there'll be a poll ooh, probably up very shortly actually for the Australian Film Month because uh, you do get to pick one so uh, uh, yes what can I pick one you can nominate one I'll nominate one okay yeah. excellent well you can do that over at Facebook just search for us uh, over there uh, but that is oh, all yeah. for this week so until next time goodbye toodaloo au revoir Oh, come on, ça va. <laughs> I got the film rubbed off on me. <laughs> so, too much French. Ah, oh, we oui, mean. Oui. Uh, no, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.